A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 433. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are continuing our discussion about humans. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. Yes, this is a Channel 4 series from 2015 to 2018. Three seasons of eight episodes each. They run it about 45 minutes. And it's a look at how we would interact with robot servants who looked exactly like us, or almost exactly like us, apart from the glowing green eyes, I suppose, Brian. It's a show about humans and synthetic consciousness interactions. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, we also talk about what it's like when they actually become sentient, which they do in a number of circumstances throughout the the series. And they are actually, their appearance, not always how they move, but how they look, is so much like humans that they need to have these eyes that are almost glowing, usually green, in order to designate them as synths, as these synthetic beings. So we're at that point with this, even though it is effectively set in the present day. And a couple of notes, I will mention that there is some violence and body horror and even sexual assault that comes up in this series. So beware if those things are difficult for you. And in addition, a quick spoiler warning, we will spoil some things from all three series this time in order to talk about what they do in this series and some of the issues that they get into. Fair warning. So Humans gives us a look into day-to-day interactions with humans and synths. In, as we mentioned in our previous episode with the Hawkins family, we have sort of day-to-day interactions between humans and Anita, their synth sort of nanny and help around the house. And we later find that Anita also has this more complex personality as Mia. She does indeed. And of course, we also hinted at some other interactions in the last episode. George forming this sort of almost like parental relationship with his outdated model synth called Odie, who he doesn't want to get rid of or recycle or upgrade from. He sort of, uh, you know, almost has this, as I say, this parental feeling about him. And there's quite a few other sort of concepts introduced in season two and season three. Not all of them get fully developed. But for instance, the idea that some humans are so taken with the idea of synthetic life that they choose to become what are known as synthes, in that they, they sort of dress and act like a synthetic and wear contact lenses to, to mimic the glowing green eyes. And that is a thing, particularly we see for some teenagers. And of course, we also get this idea of how society would deal with all of this. 
these family interactions, these people forming relationships with synths, some humans wanting to become synthetic themselves, and humans who want to act out their darker impulses on synthetic creatures, violent and sexual fantasies that they get to play out on synths. So there's all sorts of stuff going on in this show. Yeah, they don't shy away from the fact that synths would have this sort of larger social impact. And we see that with individual interactions, but also with these larger things about where synths start coming up and the synthies imitating synths and communities being set up to be synth-free for people who don't want to interact with, with synths and so on. But the central story is the development of synthetic life and artificial intelligence and synths becoming aware and conscious. And this raises issues for society with how they deal with these individuals and you know the idea of do they have rights are they people or are they property and we get into of course some allegory for slavery and we also get into questions about people dealing with the changes of going from no synths to synths being able to do more and more to synths becoming conscious and we have Asimov protocols, you know, the classic ideas of preventing harm and what happens if those get overridden in sense and so on. Yeah, we mentioned in the last episode that the character Niska has killed a human and is on the run. And it's fascinating, Brian. We've talked about Asimov's three laws of robotics at least once or twice on this show. And it's fascinating to me that you can't really encounter too much science fiction before you come across Asimov's laws of robotics that have become so firmly entrenched in science fiction but also in general pop culture that you you get shows and books and other media having to come up with new ways perhaps to get round Asimov's uh, laws which of course this show does as well uh, I find that aspect quite fascinating yes as soon as you have intelligent robots or synthetic life of some sort you're talking about you know you're referencing Asimov and these three laws that prevent robots or synths from harming humans absolutely interesting stuff as you know how often we come up against it in science fiction we should talk a bit more about how things progress in series two and series three well as we've said it's going to introduce new characters and new ideas season two is notable to me at least for introducing carrie ann moss playing an ai researcher who's trying to upload the consciousness of her dying daughter into a synthetic we get quite a bit more about ai there and about the idea of this upload of consciousness which is fascinating as well I mentioned last time that Gemma Chan is in two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Uh, William Hurt, of course, was in the Marvel movies playing Thunderbolt Ross. And, of course, we also get, would you believe, the current Black Panther, Letitia Wright, who is a human who is a teenage 
synthy, as it were. She is a human who who sort of acts as if she's a synthetic um, in season two. So we get lots of new stuff to deal with, lots of new characters. I would note that perhaps the show has the problem that a lot of series shows have, the need to sort of wrap things up in the final episode of a season, but also leave things open enough for the next season if it gets recommissioned and i think we do see that in this series or in this show humans yeah i guess there is some of that we do have some interesting questions being raised with the synthes and people using this synth aesthetic and behavior as a sort of coping mechanism and how they do that, how well they do that, and when it no longer suits them. And is this a thing that is okay and healthy for them? Or is it is it problematic? You know, questions about those things. And then questions with the Carrie-Anne Moss character and her daughter, where you're starting to ask about when you have this consciousness that has been uploaded from a person to a machine, and then it continues to evolve and change, when is it that person's consciousness, and when is it turned into something else and is now a synthetic computer consciousness? So we get lots of questions coming up there. And we also get into the idea of consciousness being pushed out to more synths. So instead of just a few synths being conscious, what happens when quite a number of them are become conscious and they're sort of all over the place? scattered around and then what happens when even more of them perhaps all of the synths everywhere becoming conscious so you get big social questions there and you get questions about if you have so many becoming conscious and having their own personalities they'll be different and maybe some of those will be helpful and wanting to reconcile differences but others might be very angry and actively wanting to harm harm humans for their own ends and things there we also get into developments especially in series two about the legal arguments in the uk whether synths are independent beings with rights whether they should have effectively human rights or something similar or whether they shouldn't whether they should be like property and that becomes a very big issue something that could change everything for both humans and synths and then we have the large number of conscious synths becoming a sort of persecuted minority group while there now have to be new synths and they go from green eyes to orange eyes to make sure there are some that are not conscious that can still do people's bidding. So we get into some pretty complicated things and lots of questions and ideas coming up. And there's something fascinating about the way the show uses different colored eyes to depict synths and then to depict newer models of synths or newer variants that develop in this show and um, it's almost you know perhaps it's a little nod to Blade Runner and its interest and obsession with um, synthetic eyes in that film 
But it's, you know, it's a one more fascinating element in this show. Yes, and they even get into a little bit of blue eyes versus green eyes, with the blue being for synths who are not yet attached to what they call a primary user. So you get these designations of, of status. And yeah, some interesting things coming in there too. Now, I mentioned last time I was going to talk about another show that this reminded me of. And that show, of course, is HBO's Westworld series. And I noted that that had, perhaps more so than humans, that particularly had the end of season problem where they need to reach a big climax at the end of one season that maybe resolves most of the storylines. And then, of course, they get commissioned for a new season. And in effect have to do a sort of partial reset at the start in order to make the season have something to talk about. I think actually I noted that humans, in my opinion, seems to do that better than Westworld. Maybe the commissioning process for series two and three was easier. Of course, as you've hinted at, Brian, there's lots of stuff about different types of synth. Uh, Synth's been an allegory for slaves and slavery, the treatment of the original green-eyed synths in season three might sort of slightly overdo that, but it's certainly a strong part of it about how humans would treat these other creatures who are perhaps now not behaving in the way that they intended them to. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that in series three brings them to even more allegory where you have the slave synths and the not quite owned but still sort of treated in a very you know analogous to racist uh, type way being persecuted and yeah i i liked how they handled that i thought they got into some some interesting stuff there and talking about how this channel 4 show handles stuff we have to say brian there's a lot of technology in this show there's particularly a lot of code and programming and the dissemination of code and of course this is your specialist area brian what did you think of the technology and the depiction of it and some of the issues it raises in this show yeah so that is kind of interesting there is a lot there both well done and less well done i think on the hacking they show a lot of hacking particularly into synths and people connecting laptops up to synths and showing them uh writing code and hacking in and that sort of thing and as with most things where you see hacking in in movies that was not done very realistically the actual Almost every time we see code on screen or we see people typing on screen, it's clearly not done in a a way that reflects real computer technology in any way. It's clearly sort of a made-up thing to look sort of complicated and fancy, which we see in, uh, you know, almost every uh, hacking show and hacking, hacking movie. And we see that 
in humans as well. That part, whenever we see someone typing, it's usually not very well done. With one exception, actually, when we see at the camp in the second or third series with some of the the synths there, they were getting encrypted messages from sympathizers. And what they showed on screen for the encrypted messages and decrypting things and so on, that was actually accurate, which was interesting to see. That was using some real, some real encryption technology. So that was interesting. I think what they handled well was how they handled the idea of boot code and uploading new boot code to a synth and rebooting synths and also the updates being pushed out to synths and the sort of updates taking effect and reboots being forced to make updates take effect. I thought those things with boot code, rebooting, updates, I thought those things were handled quite well. There were some things in the later part of the series with Maddie being portrayed as a software developer rather than a hacker and some things about recognizing signatures of software developers. Those things were not very well done and sort of made up for for plot convenience and the differences between development, you know, software development and hacking and system administration. And those things were sort of messed up a little bit. So I would say it was sort of a big mix of some things done pretty well and some things done definitely less well. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. As you say, there's a lot of sort of green matrix-like code displayed on screens at various bits and pieces, which looks good on television, but perhaps doesn't reflect any realities. One thing that's sort of inconvenient for shows is real hacking and real management of these types of things tends to actually look pretty boring when you see it on screen. Yeah, it's pretty dull stuff in real life. You have to make it slightly more jazzy for TV and film. Now, here's a question for you, Brian. If we took away the tricky subject of these machines attaining consciousness, would you have a synth in your uh, in your home? Oh, interesting. In the way that these are portrayed, I would say no. I would say that would be far too uncomfortable to have something that looks and communicates and behaves that human but is not. Yeah, I think I'm probably the same. It would would be feel very sort of uncanny valley to have one around. And it would, even without consciousness, it would be bringing up these real issues about when you're going too close to something that should should have rights and should be treated, if not as a, if not like a human, then differently from property. And even before the conscious ones in this series, we were getting well into that gray area, I think. And this show brings up a lot of good questions that way which i think is important for a show of this type okay well talking about getting into areas it's time for us to get into our own views about this show we're going to start as ever with the positives what did you like about humans brian there is a lot to like
like in this show. I really like most of it. To start off, I will point out the acting. The Hawkins family really felt convincing as a family with the dynamics they had with the five of them. I thought that was really well done. And then the synth acting as well was its own thing and was also very well done. Yes, I mean, there's, you know, there's nobody bad in the show. All the performances are great, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, congratulations to the synth school and to Dan O'Neill, the choreographer, because the movement of the synthetics, without being as, you know, doing the robot, as it were, manages to be sort of calm and efficient and therefore rather uncanny because they've taken out all of those little twitches and movements and strange gestures that we all do all the time. So that's I think, is great. I think the actors play in the synths do a fantastic job. They have this idea that synths are supposed to be trying to pick up on human nuance of body language and verbal expe- expressions and facial expressions and the like, but they're very bad at it. And that was convincingly put across quite well. Yeah, it's very, very well done. Uh, as you say, those strange interactions between synths and humans when they're trying to read what we are feeling or expressing yeah interesting stuff so the acting's great the writing of the show brian i on the whole really liked it i thought they did a very good job of as i say posing these questions but also introducing the new things that would change things with consciousness being put out in various ways and people learning more about what the possibilities are and things becoming more public and learning backstory more along the way. So there's a lot going on. And yeah, I would say for certainly the majority of it, I really like the writing. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was great, actually. I, I like all the stuff they do. I like the sort of the main overriding plot of the development of consciousness, but I also like all the other stuff they introduce. All these different ideas along the way, humans who like to identify as synths, people treating synths in terrible ways, and then society as a whole as it gets deeper. You know, do we respect the rights of these machines we've created? Do we try to destroy them? Do we try to put them in, you know, camps or sort of in, you know, various areas where they're out of our way and we're not interested in them. The idea of society dealing with this almost, as you say, Brian, as allegories of slavery or the treatment of refugee and minority groups. I loved it. I thought all that stuff was great. I also like that the conscious synths are very different. It's not you develop consciousness and now this is the synth personality. Each one is very different and has their own personality and emotions and their own struggles, often trying to grow up very quickly, having become conscious you know, effectively as an adult, and so on. So they become sort of richly nuanced themselves and have disputes among themselves and this sort of thing, which I thought was really interesting too. Yeah, some of them develop sort of strange behaviors when they attain consciousness. 
and start acting very strangely. That causes, of course, a lot of problems at the end of season two, leading into season three. Yeah, I thought all that was very well done, very well handled by the show. And I should mention, of course, that it looks and sounds great, Brian. It's a very sort of slick, modern production. Obviously, there's a certain amount of uh, programming and code which is for screen rather than actuality. But it looks like a it looks like a great show. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And the visuals of the the synths, and we've talked about this, the way they approached it with choreography, but the way they handled things in giving them a look and still allowing them to to look as different as very and very as people do that was handled very well i was impressed with that and i'm going to mention again that rather wonderful title sequence that depicts as you say brian the sort of development of synthetic creatures in this parallel world or this alternative world and the music for it is great i'm not surprised that it won an award because it is a rather slick title sequence yeah yeah that does work well what about things that didn't work quite so well in the show are there any things you had in the sort of minuses column well there isn't too much the probably the biggest thing was it just took a little while to get going so as they introduce it at first, it seemed like they were going to focus on the idea of synths being the new technology that replaces humans in the workforce and that kind of thing. And they fortunately, they do a little bit with that, but they don't sort of over- overdo that. But it did take a few episodes to get going and really start to become more interesting. By the time we're in the middle of the first season, it had definitely grabbed me but it took a little while for me that's interesting i also noted you know as i've sort of hinted at that there was quite a lot of stuff going on in the three seasons several ideas they sort of throw at us and then they don't get the chance to fully develop them and it feels harsh to be criticizing it for being too ambitious but perhaps they slightly you know over aimed as it were if they'd had more seasons some of this other stuff could have been explored and developed maybe yeah i didn't have a problem with that i liked the fact that it was asking questions and posing ideas but yeah i guess that's fair i i definitely could have watched more of this yes i would have liked the fourth season as well actually although it does sort of wrap up at the end of the third season again that sort of phenomenon that we've talked about where you have to sort of close a season but maybe leave the door open slightly for next time i could have done with season four as well actually brian yeah i don't know if they knew it was the end when they wrapped up series three we certainly didn't but yeah it is a good way to end it you know having more of what they do we could have had more questions about the things that are introduced late in season three but also about some earlier things so yeah they could have done more but i was satisfied with how it ended okay um interesting stuff you know it's a fascinating show we don't have too many things to say in the negative column i would like i'm sort of curious now to see at least the first few episodes of the 
Swedish original, Brian, but I haven't been able to get hold of a version that's got English subtitles or dubs. If anybody knows of a version like that that's anywhere uh, legally obtainable, then please do let me know. Yeah, I think there was some streaming thing that I was able to get for it here, but I don't think it did have subtitles. I think it was meant for people who had moved from from Europe to North America and wanted to see things from their their home countries and that sort of thing. So yeah, I haven't found anything either. Okay. So I guess we're getting close to doing our recommendations for humans, Brian. How would you like to start us off? Okay, I will give this a strong recommendation. I really enjoyed it. Yes, it took a few episodes to get going, but even Series 1, once you have the whole of Series 1, I quite enjoyed. So yeah, I really enjoyed this show. It has lots of interesting ideas that come up all throughout the series. Looks great. Great acting. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this one, and I will definitely recommend it. I will also definitely recommend Humans. I thought it was terrific as well, Brian. I really uh, had a good time watching this show. And actually, as I say, strange for me, you actually want more of it. It's a good depiction of this alternate world where robotics has developed to such a degree that the, the creatures or the creations look just like us, apart from the eyes thing. I thought it was all fascinating. I thought there were some great ideas in there. I thought, in a way, it would be interesting if Humans was on the air now, in 2023, when our discussions, particularly about AI, are becoming much more prevalent and important. But yeah, I will recommend this series. It's fairly easy to get here in the UK, and you can stream the first two seasons currently for free. And we'll just note, Brian, nice to have a recent pure science fiction series for us to talk about we've noted perhaps that doesn't seem to have been many of those since humans yeah certainly ongoing ones that's right you know the odd mini series and what have you have you but yeah there hasn't been too much li- lately and this was a really good one to have on the air lots of strong allegory in there and very well done so if you've seen humans if you've got your own opinions about this show if you know anything more about the swedish original drop by the facebook or the twitter or even email me and let me know absolutely So, in summary, humans introduced us to the idea of synths, synthetic humans that are like androids or robots that appear human in most ways, except for their strange, almost glowing eyes and their ways that they move that are not quite human. And in this show, they have been there and they have been evolving for quite some time, even though it's set in the present day. And we get into the ideas of how people interact with these machines and what happens when the machines start developing consciousness and when that consciousness in these machines starts becoming more widespread and do they deserve rights are they people in effect are they merely machines and possessions we get into lots of allegory about slavery and racism and other things and lots of interesting things dealing with 
the different varieties of synths and most importantly how they interact with humanity fascinating stuff drop by and let us know if you watch humans as a result of listening to us talk about it absolutely and of course come back next month it's october we are as ever trying to find some halloween related chills and ghost stories and so we are looking at a bbc series from 1990 called the green man And I will tell you it stars Albert Finney and gives us quite a bit to talk about next time, Brian. Yes, that will definitely be a different one to discuss. Until then, you can find all of our episodes at BritishInvaders.com. And if you search for British Invaders on Facebook, you can find our group there. Or you can follow us on twitter we are at brit invaders pod yes do give us a follow on the twitter or drop by the facebook group and also check out the voice of geeks network at vognetwork.com where you'll find british invaders as part of that network you'll find some other podcasts you'll find gaming content twitch streaming lots of stuff going on as ever at vognetwork.com absolutely so thank you for listening and this is brian from canada signing off yes thank you very much until next time Eamon and England also signing off. <laughs>